Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bank of Singapore Unplugged. My name is Celine Le Cotonek, and I'm the Chief Data Innovation Officer at Bank of Singapore, overseeing the data strategy of the bank and implementation of analytics and AI with the mission to foster a culture of innovation. Bank of Singapore has decided to create this new series celebrating influential and inspiring women from the inaugural Singapore 100 Women in Tech list, an initiative which recognizes the achievement and contributions of women to the tech ecosystem of Singapore. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to welcome within Bank of Singapore Unplugged podcast series, one of the most prominent Singaporean women in tech, Ms. Yen Yen Tan. Yen Yen is a veteran in technology and telecommunication sectors. Her past executive career included leadership role in Vodafone, SaaS, Oracle, and HP, an award-winning corporate leader. Yen Yen has earned a reputation for her contributions to the industry and to the Singapore ecosystem. These include, among others, the prestigious title of Most Inspiring Woman by Women Weekly in 2009, IT Leader Award um, in 2012 by the Singapore Computer Society, and most recently, uh, being included in the, the SG 100 Women in Tech list. A proud mother of four grown-up kids, she is now sitting at the board of several companies, serves as the chairman of the Science Center Singapore, and lead a fund in technology investing in tech startup. Welcome, Yen Yen. Glad to have you with us today for a new episode of Bank of Singapore Unplugged. Hi, Yen Yen. You got a very impressive career rewarded by so many achievements. Could you please let us know how it all started? Sure. First of all, thanks for having me on this podcast. Uh, certainly looking forward to having more conversation. I started in the programming and project management in a semi-government sector of uh, defense. It was then called Systems and Computer Organization, now called DESTA, part of BINDEF, upon graduation with a computer science degree. However, I realized that being a more outgoing person, I'd rather face people than machine. And that's when I went on to different sales roles in uh, different multinationals like HP, Oracle, SAS, and then most recently, Vodafone. Uh, my longest stint being in HP when I was there for 18 years. I work hard and have uh, always performed well in my sales results and was recognized and get promoted to sales management and eventually progressed on to general management from a smaller country, uh, region like Southeast Asia, Singapore, India, and then Asia-Pacific. I, I would say I'm not a very deliberate person, having the goal to say that, oh, I want to be an HP Singapore MD by a certain, uh, certain years. But I guess the recognition came along with uh, my achievements. And also, during my career, I would have contributed to the IT community in my other non-executive uh, capacity, such as Chairman of Singapore IT Federation, now called SG Tech, and uh, Chairman of Singapore Science Centre, which I still am, and uh, on the board of the IDA. I think that's a very, very impressive career, Yan Yan. And I, I have one question for you. Uh, what did your parents say uh, at the time when you told them that you wanted to study computer science, you know, those years back? Yeah, I guess I, I was always good in uh, mathematics and uh, sciences subjects in school. And frankly, it, it wasn't like a eureka moment. It was more like, I, for very practical reasons, I look at the field to pursue and uh, which discipline that has the most job opportunities at that time. Also, it has to be a subject that I must enjoy doing. 
And I must say, my mom has always been very supportive of my choices, whether it's at, uh, in school or at work. That's, uh, that, that, that's great to, to be able to have supportive parents that are also pushing their, their girls to go to STEM education. This is uh, what, what we need as well from the parents in order to, to change yeah. the figure of the industry. And in terms of gender diversity, have you ever felt that being a woman in technology um, was, a, was a blocker for you? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. <laughs> you know, my, my time, I'm like the dinosaur age, right? Some over 30 years ago, there's definitely uh, less women than now compared to the men in the technology area. But I, I never felt disadvantaged in my career. I guess, or what most people would call the glass ceiling. Uh, maybe because I've been lucky to be in companies uh, like HP, Oracle, SAS, Vodafone, who have a very inclusive culture. In fact, managers are measured on gender diversity in their team to encourage a good mix of both genders in the company. And in fact, just most recently, someone quoted me on LinkedIn on an interview that I gave quite many years ago, and I almost forgot that I said that, uh, on gender diversity on boards. And as I said, you know, the diversity of gender uh, is not diversity of gender per se, but diversity of views. And for strong companies that's inclusive, their value differentiator with the diversity of views will certainly grow. Yeah. And, and I must add one more thing, Sardine. Singapore is a very meritocratic society. So I always tell people that women in Singapore are very lucky. You know, we have both equal opportunities in both uh, higher education and also jobs. And there's no discrimination on race or gender. So there are many capable senior level technology uh, women leaders in Singapore as evidence in the recent SG Women in Tech 100 list. Yes, definitely. I believe that this, uh, this list was a great uh, initiative uh, from the Singapore government, IMDA, along with the uh, Singapore Computer Society to promote those, um, uh, those women leaders in tech. And, and that will give good example for all the girls that, that will be studying STEM education in the, in the coming years. And, and you were talking about one element that is um, uh, an inclusive uh, society and an inclusive uh, uh, enterprise uh, that, that you're working on. There's often an other element that is highlighted on the you know, women that uh, achieve uh, some leadership role, it's often said that they had good mentor to support the growth in their career. Have you ever had a good mentor and what was your main takeaway from that experience? Yeah, I, I've been uh, blessed with several good mentors in my career and some of them are men. I would say the, the formal mentor process during my days in HP was probably the most memorable because it was very structured uh, program for senior leaders for top talents, where we actually do a psychometric test and we assign a mentor of the choice in terms of the profile of uh, what we're looking for. And the most interesting thing, unlike most companies at that time, uh, the mentor was outside of your company. I think that goes to say, and, and I realized how valuable that is. So I was lucky to be assigned a banking senior lady executive uh, who mentored me for a year. And I like the fact that she's from a, uh, not from the same company, from a totally different industry. And it gave me a very diverse point of views on people management, conflict management, and overall perspective of life lessons. So I, I would encourage company when they look at mentorship to look outside of their own company. 
I think that's a, that's a, that's a really great point to, to, to make, not to look only for mentor within your own company, but also outside being able to share views because diversity is not only about gender, but also about views that you have in your industry and, and experiences. And, and tell me something, because I look at your long list of awards after so many years of achievement, and I spotted that the President of Republic of Singapore appointed you um, Justice of the Peace in 2018 and gave you the Public Service Medal uh, Award in 2020. Can, can you tell us a bit more about this story? Yeah, sure, certainly. It's definitely a big honor. And uh, both awards are really recognition for my achievement in my profession. And more importantly, the contribution and uh, commendable uh, public services in Singapore. So I, I do want to touch a little bit on the justice of peace role because many people think that, oh, you are JP, uh, you must be enjoying the solemnization of wedding. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and, and it's beyond that. Actually, there are so many other duties, right? And um, uh, I'm really glad that I have the unique uh, opportunity to give back to Singapore in other ways such as public service commissioner disciplinary panel for people, for top civil servants when there are disciplinary charges, where I participate in the Board of Inquiry. I'm also a member of Board of Visiting Justice and Board of Inspection for Prisons. And I thought these are very meaningful work and hope my little contributions will make a difference to the society. That's amazing. So you're not only a woman in tech, but you're a woman of the people as well, looking after, you know, justice and all those roles. And that, that's really impressive, you know, when you see all of what you have achieved during your whole career in, in, in the values sector. Um, uh, I believe that this is a, a great example for all the, the girls and women that are listening to us uh, to see what, uh, what you can achieve by having diverse also uh, views and background and industry, definitely. And um, uh, you're also a tech investor. Uh, you have uh, founded a, a VC uh, that is investing in, uh, in startup. And um, so I believe that with that role as well, you have a good view on what are the technology uh, that you can see will disrupt industries in the coming 10 years. Yeah, I guess this may sound like a cliche um, to many of the uh, VCs, but so the, the fund that we have uh, invest in very early stage startup with a few friends, more often than not, it's, it's not what you invest, but who you invest. And uh, it, can, it may not be a brand new product, it can be a same old technology and the innovation can be in the process itself or in the go-to-market that can be very attractive consideration for VC. Your questions around uh, what will disrupt the, the technologies that will disrupt the industry in the coming years, I think you, the digital trends you hear from a few years ago has continued to be very important. Internet of things, machine learning, artificial intelligence, data analytics, and cloud technologies. So these key technologies will certainly disrupt the economy. One other that I want to add that I'm fairly passionate about coming from the telco industry most recently will be the 5G, right? introduction of 5G, and it's, going to, it's already here in Singapore. It will make IoT, autonomous vehicles, AR, VR, which is very pervasive, especially for gaming, and, and this will enhance and change the way we live, we work, and we play. So let's talk about 5G, I mean, uh, which is one of your domain of expertise, as you just say. Um, uh, how, how will it change uh, compared to the 5G that we all know today as, as, as consumer in layman term? 
Yeah, I can go on uh, for for hours on this topic. <laughs> I I uh, very in a very simple term, uh, is really the key difference is faster speed, right? Higher bandwidth and lower latency. Let me put this in more layman term. Uh, and the speed, you know, unlike from three G to five four uh, G, four G to five G is hundred times faster than four G. So let me give you a very simple example. When you download a two hours movie. It takes fewer than ten seconds. In today's 4G world, it takes seven minutes. Of course, beyond movie streaming, app downloads, um, there's many other application to the speed that's important. How when we say higher bandwidth, higher capacity, what does that mean? So just think of circuit breaker when you're at home. Everybody's at home. Everybody's logging in, and the challenge in uh, bandwidth sharing when there's so many devices using the same network, it causes congestion, right? Um, we have 5G allows many more devices to be connected at the same time. So in the Internet of Things era, whether it's connected appliances, connected lamps, street lamps, fridges, this is a very important feature. Uh, last but not least, latency. So basically, when you send a text and then you receive it, the text transmission, the latency may not be key, but if you think about self-driving vehicle, uh, autonomous vehicle. The ability to make sure the communication of environment situation analysis, what's the danger ahead for the safety of the driver, that becomes very important, right? So these three area, as I mentioned before, five G will make many more IoT devices, connected devices, virtual reality, AR, VR, whether it's for tourism or for gaming, autonomous vehicle, smart city. There will definitely be a faster adoption with five G. Sorry, I went on and on because it's a passionate topic for me. <laughs> I love it, and I think that a lot of our audience would also like to understand, you know, what it means, and just the fact that you can download your video on a few seconds rather than seven minutes is something that everybody can is, is always keen on, you know, getting a, a faster, um, a more connected uh, world that is uh, ahead of us, and five G will be one of the main enabler of that, and so we'll. We're also all waiting for you know 5G to be deployed so we can uh, finally test all the self-driving yeah. cars that are uh, driving around Singapore. Yeah, certainly. And um, I think many of our listeners will be impressed to know that you managed to raise four kids while achieving such a, a successful career. What was your view of a work-life balance at the time when you had to manage and you know juggle between your four kids at home and then you know your impressive career and all the jobs that you had? Sure, and and there are no more kids. My my are really young adults now, <laughs> teenagers, right? With uh, age between eighteen to twenty three, I have a daughter and three sons. So I'm a very big proponent of work life balance, and I I must say I have a very good uh, family support system. I have my in laws and my sister to thank for supporting me in every way when I continue to enjoy working. So you you know when you have a family support system, you have peace of mind knowing that the children are in good hands while you're at work, and especially when I used to travel a lot for work. And one example I like to give of how I have balanced that together with the sports I enjoy. You know, I'm a fairly active person, fairly big on sports. Yeah, in the old days <laughs> when I was younger, I used to do uh, quite a few triathlon, marathon races. So my four children were very active for. Many years doing kids triathlon when they were young. This allows me to train and bond with them at the same time. And as a family, we take uh, family holidays every year. But of course, this unfortunately may have to wait for a while with the current pandemic situation. 
And I think with the current pandemic, you, you learn to appreciate and not take simple pressures to, for granted, especially even coming together to have a simple dinner, right? So yeah, I, I'm, I must say that uh, family has been a very key pillar for me for how far I have, I have come. I think that's a great example to show, um, you know, that you can have a career and at the same time raise a big family the way you did it. And, and because sometimes a lot of women are like, you know, is it, is it kids or is it my career? Do I need to make a choice? And this is a feeling that usually women with growing career will, 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 will think about, you know, like, should I have more kids? You know, it will be, it might impact my career. And you're a great example that you can do both actually. And I'm very impressed by that being a mother of three myself. And, uh, and you, you, Especially you, Celine, coming from uh, outside of Singapore into here, you probably appreciate the fact that, you know, the even your family may not be here, you have the domestic helper yeah. and childcare available and makes things a lot easier, right? When you're at the same time juggling between work and uh, home. I, I'm not saying it's easy. But it's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, Singapore is definitely the good place for women that want to have a career in technology or any type of career, and at the same time, you know, uh, be able to uh, to cater for a big family uh, with all the help and the support system, as you as you rightly mentioned, and um, that's a that's a great environment for it. And um, you're now sitting on the board of two local companies, so OCBC and Singapore Press Holding, as well as two foreign listed company. What would be your advice for the women who are listening to us and who would like to hold such position in the future? How do, how do you get it to board? You know, we, we're always talking about there's not enough women in the board of, of, of most of the companies. So how did you achieve to reach that level? Yeah, I, I must say Singapore listed board has improved over the years, but a lot more we could do to encourage uh, more boards to have gender diversity. For myself, uh, it was during my executive career, I'm lucky that my boss was very supportive and he trusted that I would not be focused on my executive role. In fact, he feel that in this uh, board exposure enhanced and broadened my thinking for my, my role. So I really have him to thank for being so open-minded and supportive. And during my career, I, I was being headhunted for a board, Jumalto. Uh, that was listed on the Paris and Amsterdam Stock Exchange and SPH uh, some eight years ago. And most recently, uh, happy to join the OCBC board this year. And for women, I always advise them that, you know, network more and let your intention be known, right? And I think the, that that's important to, to make sure that you are also being recognized for your ability and also knowing what's the future plan yourself. Again, a great example of how diverse you are and, you know, sitting in all those company boards and after, after the values uh, position that, that you hold. Um, thank you very much, Yen Yen, for, uh, for, for this interview and for uh, spending some time with us on the Singapore Unplugged podcast. I have one last question for you, which is more of a, uh, an intimate question. If you could have dinner with one of the most impressive female role models in the world, who would it be and why? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say a role model. Somebody asked me that question, similar questions once, but someone that I'm very impressed with, the lady Indra Noe, who is ex-CEO, I, I hope I pronounced her name correctly, and chairman of Pepsi. I'm really in awe of what she has achieved in her career and to be a global CEO of a global company for any woman, in fact, even the men, is a big achievement on its own. 
and she's really uh, read quite a bit about her. She's really the embodiment of a genuine, heart-centered leader. In fact, during PepsiCo days, her mandate was performance with purpose. So she has a very steadfast focus on realizing healthy profits, which utilizing which uh, solid moral compass to lead the way. And uh, one quote uh, on retirement, right? And I just uh, had an early retirement this year. Uh, she said, the wonderful thing is now I can do what I want to do, not what I have to do. It's a great place to be in. And it's exactly how I felt now. I find retirement is not the end, but the beginning of another life adventure. And I have the privilege of deciding what I want to do in my own time and at my own pace. And I'm sure I will enjoy dinner with her to understand her leadership style, her life philosophy, and her journey in her executive career, and also about retirement life. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if I have the chance to, but it's certainly the one person I can think of. We'll try to see if we can help you organize that. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no. Thank you. Thank you very much, Yen Yen, for your time. Uh, we are now reaching the end of this new episode of Bank of Singapore Unplugged series on women in technology. Thank you again for your insights on how 5G will transform Singapore and for being a role model for so many of the Singaporean women. It was a pleasure to have you with us today. It's my pleasure too. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Yen Yen. <laughs>